Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. He said, whose mind is stayed on thee. That is, while we're going through a difficult time, a difficult struggle, God said that I will guard or keep or protect your mind. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. All right, the force of peace. Let's go uh, to Philippians 4 and 7. We're going to get those key scriptures. Uh, first, we're going to I really want to re just rehearse those in your hearing every time that we come. Philippians 4 and verse 7. Philippians 4 and verse 7. When you get to Philippians 4 verse 7, say praise the Lord. Philippians 4 verse 7. All right. I think we got it now. It says, well, let's read it together. Ready? We're going to read out of the King James Version. If you don't have it, just read what translation you have. Ready? Let's read. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, we praise the Lord for that. Uh, Colossians 3, verse 15. You can go ahead and turn to that too. Colossians 3. Verse 15, Colossians is the next book over in your Bible to the right. Praise the Lord. My wife helped me to remember the books of the Bible by using one of the, uh, I think it's called a mnemonic device. If you go eat popcorn, you'll understand uh, these four books of the Bible. Go, Galatians, eat, Ephesians, pop, Philippians, corn, Colossians, go eat popcorn. Now I know some of you are hungry now for some popcorn. Go eat popcorn. All right. So let's eat some corn here. Colossians, the third chapter, verse number 15. What does it say? Let's try to read it. Ready? Let's read. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Oh, I love that. And be thankful. We've got to let or allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts, meaning it's not automatic. This is something that we have got to do. Let God's peace be the ruler or the umpire, or let the peace of God direct or control your life. If you don't have peace about a certain situation, don't do it. Are you hearing me? Put on the brakes. Hold those horses. If you don't have the peace of God about the situation, don't do it. Make sure you get the peace of God. Let the peace of God rule your heart. Are you with me? Let it rule. All right, now we're going to look at one more, and we're going to really camp out here. May look, may look at one or two other scriptures. Well, I'm sure we will. But in Isaiah 26, Isaiah 26. Now that's back in the Old Testament, Isaiah 26. Now, if you wanted to uh, get some special Bible tabs and just tab these pages, we're going to go back to these because we're going to be in this series for quite a while. Because it's important for us to learn the force of peace, to learn how to have peace in the midst of a storm. 
And even we're going to talk about the Lord willing, um, what are the peace stealers in your life? Because understand, if you don't have peace in this life, you won't live very long. If your life has no peace, then that means you have no rest. And if you have no rest, you're constantly burning things and you're going to be burned out. And people that are burned out, people that have no rest, don't progress in life. They don't move forward. Instead, they actually move backwards. But how many of you want to move forward in life? Amen. Amen. You're going to need to have peace. And in these last days, perilous times will arise, the scripture says. Perilous times, hard times. Anybody know about that? And people's hearts will faint because of fear. But that's not God's plan for you. He wants you to have peace in the midst of the storm. We talked a little bit about that on last week. All right. Isaiah, are you there yet? Isaiah 26. And uh, let's go ahead and read verse 1. Well, I'll read, and you and I will read verse 3 together. But verse 1 says, In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. All right, let's read verse three. Ready? Let's read. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. All right, we're going to look at verse number three. Once again, we're going to continue to mine out the promises here. Now, this is a promise that God has given to us. He said that he will keep us in perfect peace. Now, I'm going to recap just a little bit. I'm going to do just a little bit of recapping so that uh, we can all be on, on one page, and then we're going to go further. Remember, we're going to be like a good painter. A good painter, uh, to get good coverage, well, he will paint over He'll paint over the things that he has already painted as he paints the wall. He doesn't just hit it one time and go to next, but he goes over it again. And then he goes over again and goes over again as he continues to paint the whole wall. We want to make sure that we get good coverage and that you understand the word of God. Because God's word will do you no good if you do not understand it. It does me and you no good for me to come up here every week and spit on this microphone and yell and holler and scream and run around and all that if we don't understand it. Amen. We must understand it. We must, after we understand it, we must apply it. Amen. After we apply that thing, we've got to live it out. Amen. Are you with me? We've got to maintain it as well. All right? So it's hearing, it's applying, it's living that thing out. Uh, it's, um, it's maintaining it on the day-to-day -day life because we're going to need to have this. So here again, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Is that first phrase? Keep means to guard, right? Or to protect or even to restrain. God said, I will keep you in perfect peace. Now, we already know who the you is in this uh, first section here because it says, I will, the Lord said, Thou will keep you in perfect peace or him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, who trusts in thee. So we know that the you 
or, or him that is speaking of uh, is talking about the person, male or female, that has their mind stayed on the Lord, who is also trusting in the Lord. All right. Now we're going to look at the staying part today. Uh, should the Lord willing, I really want to get into that. But let's go back to the first part again. The Lord said, now this is God's promise to you. This is God's promise and word to you. This is his part of the bargain. He said that he will keep you. Say, he will keep me in perfect peace. Now, the word keep mean, uh, it means to guard. Once again, it means to guard. It means to protect. Now, if somebody is saying to you, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to guard you, that should automatically raise up a red flag, meaning that somebody or something is trying to attack me. If I tell you I'll be your protection or some big bodyguard comes up to you uh, with dark glasses, dark glasses or shades and he has an earpiece on, you know, like the Secret Service have and he has a gun on his side and you you're out at Walmart and two or three of them come around to you and say, hold up, sir, we're here to protect you. You better say, protect, protect me from what? What's going on? What's happening? What's trying to get at me? What's trying to harm me? What's trying to steal from me? What's trying to take my life? So God said, I will keep you. Oh, God, what's going to happen? I will keep you in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Now, perfect, of course, um, talks about perfection. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. Can't add anything to it, can't take anything away. It is complete. It is a state of completeness. Uh, it means also mature. I will keep you in a perfect peace. Peace meaning rest, calmness, and assurance. You can exhale. So just by that first phrase, we know that there is an enemy that is coming. And we know that God promises, don't worry about the enemy. I got you. You're right here in my perfect calmness. You'll be perfectly calm because I'm here protecting you. Meaning that there's nothing that the enemy can throw at you that can defeat what God is doing. Amen. Hallelujah. We gave you the example of the someone sitting in a Sherman tank. And uh, the enemy is coming in and throwing spitballs at him. He has his little, uh, his straw and he's, he's, he's um, blowing spitballs at the tank. Well, the person inside is not worried whatsoever because they know that that spitball cannot penetrate the tank. So think about that. So the Lord said, I will keep you. What I'm going to put you in, I'm going to guard you, I'm going to protect you in such a way that what the enemy has or can do will not affect you, will not bring harm to you. God said, I will guard you. I'm not sending an angel to do this. I'm not sending another man or woman to do this. God said, I will do this. For thou will keep him, her, in perfect peace. So how many of you want to be at that state of perfect peace? perfect peace there's an enemy coming now there are a lot of enemies here today that that seek to steal our peace uh there is uh there's the bad economy there is a, a lack of finances or or uh simply hard times there is sickness there's disease there is there is poverty there is relational unrest i mean there are a lot of things that can steal your peace anybody know about a couple of them yes some of you say, I know exactly what I'm talking, what you're talking about, Pastor. I, I don't have peace right now. So you know exactly what we're talking about. But God said, I will keep him, keep her, keep you in perfect peace. 
So you can be a candidate of receiving God's protection uh, as we do what he says. Now, the verse goes on. The Lord said, I will. He said, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, whose mind is stayed on thee. So here again, going back and recapping, we know that um, the Lord said he'll keep us. But what about us? Is he going to keep my foot? My arms, our mind, let's look at this right. Our mind, look at the verse. He said, whose mind is stayed on thee. That is, while we're going through a difficult time or difficult struggle, God said that I will guard or keep or protect your mind. I would not allow you to go insane. I would not allow you to lose your mind. He said, I'll protect you. I'll keep your mind. Let's look at that scripture. Let's really, really look at We're going to really, really get into that today. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Now, the word mind here talks about um, mental framework. Mental framework. How you think. How you think. Not only what you think, but how you think. And when you think it. Your mental framework. God said, I know your frame. I know how you think. And I know why you think that. Someone comes up to you and gives you money and uh, off the street and you don't know them. And immediately you get defensive. Why you give me this money? What's wrong with you? What? What? What you want? What you want? Someone comes up to you and, and gives you a compliment. And uh, you say, oh, what do you want from me? Why? I mean, why is that defensive? Why are we defensive in this thing? Are you with me? God says, I know you and I know how you think. God said, I will keep you in perfect peace. I will keep your mind, your mental framework, how you think, when you think and and what you think. I will keep that in a state of perfect peace. He said, I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. Now, let's look at the word stayed for a minute. Are y'all with me today? The word stayed means to lean, to lay, to rest, to support, to uphold, to lean on, to lean against, to uphold, to sustain. God said, I will keep your mind, your mental framework. I will keep that mind. He said, whose mind is stayed on thee, whose mind is stayed, whose mental framework is, is leaning on him. Hear what it says now, because if we take this just at face value, we would say, for thou will keep him in perfect peace, keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. We, most of us would think the scripture means, and it does, uh, who thinks about Jesus all the time. If you just think about the Lord all the time, God said, well, he would keep you in perfect peace. Just think about the Lord. Keep your mind on the Lord and and he'll take care of you. That's what it means. You know, surface on the surface level. Just keep thinking about Jesus. How many know that's difficult to do? Don't think about anything else but the Lord. Don't think about anything else but the word. And God said he will guard you. Guard you. God said he will guard you. But actually, if you if we really dig down in this with a nice fine tuned comb with a microscope, we'll see that this is actually not as difficult as it seems. 
Here again, the Lord said, uh, whose mind, whose mental framework, whose thoughts, your mind is made up of your thoughts, what you're thinking. Whose thoughts are stayed. Now, the word stayed means to lean on. Think about the word stayed. Staying not only means don't move, but it means to lean on, to sustain, to uphold something that is holding you up. It really has it gives a picture of a corner post uh, in some type of building structure, a corner post. And that let's say that's a big, uh, big piece of wood here and it's in the ground. It's I mean, it is uh, has a very deep foundation and it extends very high. Just a big piece of uh, of wood while you're building a building on it where you're going to take your two befores and you're going to nail to it because we know that this won't move. Right. You're building your house. You know that this won't move. You've got this set. That's your corner post. So you can build on this side of the post. You can build on that side of the post without the house falling down because this is not going to move. That's a stable place. That's a strong foundation. That's a strong corner post. So the Lord said, I will keep your mind. Keep keep those whose minds are stayed on me. In other words, your thoughts that are leaning on him or the thoughts that you have that are supported by him. Are you hearing me? Now, as I am leaning on this pulpit now and it's secure, all my weight is on it now. If it falls, I'm leaning in such a way that if it moves, I will fall. Right? This is what God is requiring from us. If it moves, I will fall. Most of us, when we talk about leaning on the Lord, do like this. We brace ourselves in such a way so that if it moves, we don't know if it's going to move or not. But if it does, I'm going to be taken care of. God said, that's not faith and that's not leaning. In other words, God, if I do this, this danger could happen to me, but I'm going to do it because you said it. Now you are leaning on the Lord. You are fully trusting in him now. But if you're going through life like this. You're not leaning and you're not going to get that benefit. This, if you're leaning fully, putting all your weight on the object like this, this is the potential of danger. Now you are trusting in this to hold you up if you're doing this. If all your weight is on that structure. But here, if it moves, it won't bother you. My weight is not on it. This way is a faith on my way on the structure. This is faith. This is not. Are you hearing? This is trust. I trust you, Lord. This is not. Are you hearing me? The Lord said, whose mind is stayed on me, whose thinking, whose thoughts are stayed or or stayed or whose or whose thoughts are leaning on me now as a general rule flesh can lean on flesh something solid Um, minds lean on minds thoughts lean on thoughts emotions can lean on emotions it leans on like things okay you can't hold me up by your thought Let's try that. Let me get some out of here who want to help me try that out. Any takers? 
you begin to lean back, come up here and lean back this way, and I'll hold you up by my fault. I can't get no takers. Faults won't hold up flesh. Now, I know we see TV a lot and all that stuff. But generally, thought won't hold up flesh. Flesh holds up flesh. I'll hold you up. Flesh will hold up flesh or something solid will hold you up. When I'm in an emotional crisis, emotions help hold me up. I'm emotional. You're emotional. We can maybe help balance each other out. Thoughts will hold thoughts. Minds will hold up minds. So when the Lord says here, he said, I will keep him in perfect peace, him or her, them in perfect peace, whose mind, that is whose thinking, is sustained or held up by my thinking. Are you hearing? If you got that, we're going somewhere now. We're going somewhere. Well, how do we get God's thinking? If my mind is supposed to be held up with his mind or my thinking held up with his thinking, how do I get or how do I know what God is thinking? You know what God's thinking by getting in that word. In that Bible, you hold some of the mind of God. Because you'll know what somebody's thinking by reading what they wrote. Get get another book, and a Stephen King book or someone else's book, and you get to know, look at a lot of their books, things that they've written. After a while, you get to know how their mind works. The Bible even declares out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All I got to do really is listen to what you say or read what you wrote. And eventually I can figure out how you think. If all you do and I know men, all they do is talk about um, uh, getting with women, fornicating and all this other stuff. So if a woman comes across with a short skirt on, I already know what he's thinking about. Y'all ain't talking to me. I don't know why. If all you do is talk about money, 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 and how much you need it, and that's all you talk about, money, 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 and how much you need it, if someone comes along that has some and says, I'm trying to give it away, I know who's going to be first in line. Right? I can predict your patterns. I can predict your activity by just simply listening to you. And see, this is why the devil can really get a a good hold of many of us because he's heard all these complaints and mumbling and grumbling. He's been listening. Those demons have been listening. So they can predict your pattern, what you're going to do, because that's what you talk about all the time. So all they have to do is present an opportunity, and you'll walk right into it. Y'all hearing? I know it's deep. Is it deep? No, we can't handle this, can't we? So here again, our mind or our mental framework is stayed or supported or uh, uh, we can lean on Christ uh, when we receive his faults. Okay? Our mind is stayed on the Lord, is sustained. Remember the word stayed means to sustain, to support, to hold up our mind. And our mind is made up of our thoughts. Okay? If you stop thinking, you brain dead. Okay? If you're brain dead, you don't have to worry about anything I'm saying right now. You cannot move forward in life unless you are a thinker. Listen, it is better to live life by design instead of by default. Yes, 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 yes. 
better to live life with intention than just to allow a lot of stuff to happen to you. And that's where a lot of us are. We've gone through life just taking it as it has come our way. We, uh, you know, we're here and something happens and something else happens and something else happens. We haven't planned for tomorrow. We haven't put anything away. We don't have plans for saving. We don't even know where we're going to live tomorrow, where we're going to live next week. We're just sort of drifting along, taking taking whatever things come our way, whatever, whatever hits us, whatever we're in the mood for, or whatever someone else is in the mood to give us. We just just take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Living life by default. But it is better to live life by design. In other words, you have planned. I will go to the church this day. I will go to work that day. I will keep up with my schedule. I will make appointments. I will control my time. Time is the most valuable thing that you have in life. And if you don't honor your time, you don't honor your destiny either. Because you can live your entire life wasting time and at the end of your life have absolutely nothing. Amen. Not talking about money, but I'm talking about success in life. Yes. Being successful. How many of you want to be successful in life? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, being successful means that you're going to have to pursue a goal. Pursuing a goal is on purpose. Having a destiny is on purpose. You make a decision. I have this goal. I'm going to pursue this goal and I'm going to see it through to the end. That's living life by design. If you wake up in the morning, you have no plans for the day. You're living life by default. You're waiting for something to happen to you. Maybe somebody come by. Maybe somebody call me. You're waiting for something to happen to you. Don't you know you could be waiting for years for something to happen to you and something may never happen to you, but it's time for us to stop waiting for something to happen to you and go and make something happen. Hallelujah. It's time to make something happen. Instead of living life by default, let's live life by design. I've got a purpose. I've got a goal. I've got a mission. I'm here on earth for a reason. I'm going to find out. I'm going to seek out what this reason is. Hallelujah. I'm going to be productive. I'm going to leave an inheritance to my children's children. That doesn't happen by default. That happens by design. An inheritance doesn't not just mean money and stuff, but it could be a good reputation that should leave your children. It could be how you treat your children, leaving them a legacy to how to treat their children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right character, right conduct, a relationship with the Lord. Paul told Timothy, he said, I see the faith uh, that's in you, and I know it came from your mother and from your grandmother. That was a legacy that was passed down. Hallelujah. In its spiritual genes that produced greatness in Timothy. Hallelujah. You can leave somebody money, they'll blow it in a day. Blow it in a day. Hallelujah. But if you leave them a legacy of even your faith toward God, it'll take them through eternity of how you chose to walk with God. All right. So let's go ahead and begin to close out now. So we see here again, our mind or our mental framework is stayed or it is supported uh, supported by Christ when our thoughts, hear me, are in agreement with his thoughts. 
If the Lord is that, remember we talked about that, uh, that big being that's in the floor, that's, that's all the way up. It is extremely deep, so it is extreme, extremely stable, right? It's not going to move. We're going, our mind, our thoughts are going to be stayed on that post. That is the, remember, minds lean on minds, thoughts lean on thoughts, thinking lean on thinking. So in order, for, in order for me to get through this crisis situation, I've got to have Christ's thoughts in me. I've got to think like he thinks. My thoughts must be in agreement with his thoughts. Right. I must be in sync with his thinking. God said now if I'm uh, if all around me says poverty, lack, doom and gloom. And if I agree with that, I'm out of sync with what Christ says. If all around me is poverty, but Jesus said, I have made the poor rich. You are wealthy. I will supply all of your needs. See, that's that post. That is the thinking of Christ, what he has already done. But we're saying, no, I don't have anything. I don't have enough. But God says, you have more than enough. You're going to make, you have more than enough. We say, no, I'm sick. I'm not never get well. But Jesus said, it is by my stripes that you are healed. I've already made you well. I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be successful. I'm never going to have good success. If you just meditate on my word day and night. Then you're going to make your way prosperous and you're going to have good success. You see, there are two minds in operation and our mind is stayed on his mind or our thinking is stayed or sustained or supported by his thinking when they're in agreement. And God said, when, when our minds are lined up or in agreement, God said, I will protect you. When you think like I think in, in short, when you think like he thinks, he'll protect us. Are you with me? Now, let me show you a very, very, very uh, good example of this. And uh, well, let me just read one in Proverbs. You can write this down. Proverbs 3. It's to help bring it home to you. Proverbs 3. Verse 4 says, So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Some of you know it's by heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Have you heard that scripture before? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. God said don't lean to your own understanding. I'm showing you this. God said, lean to me. Think like I think. Have my thoughts in the situation. If you lean to your own understanding, you think, well, I, I know the best way to go. But how do you know that there's nothing over here that we can lean on? Try to lean on money. Oh, it's gone. Try to lean on a friend. Oh, it's gone. Try to lean on a job or plant clothes. Oh, that's gone. The only stable thing that we can lean on is Christ. Are you hearing me? Let me, let me give you this one great, oh, I love it, one great example. And then we're going to close out for today. Let's go to the book of Matthew, Matthew 14. So, a stayed mind is in sync with Christ. A stayed mind. So, I'm telling you now things that you need to be praying about. Lord, 
Give me the mind of Christ. The Bible also talks about that. Let me give those scriptures as you get in Matthew 14. The mind of Christ in, in Philippians 2, 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Talking about having the mind of Christ and thinking of Christ. In Ephesians 4, 23, it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Talks about having those new pathways now. Not thinking the way we used to think, but thinking in tune with what Christ thinks. You see, because all your life people could have put you down and said that you're less than nothing. And hear me very well. Hear me very well. Words can train your mind. What you hear can train your mind. If you hear all of your life, all of your life, you're nothing. You're nothing but a thug. You're going to be like your Uncle Sal. You never have anything. If you continue to hear that, what, what that's doing is programming your mind. You're beginning to lean that way now. And eventually you will think, well, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I'm not going to be able to do anything. So when somebody comes around and gives you an opportunity for greatness or says that you're great, you will begin to reject that. Why? Because your mind is leaning on something else. Your mind is leaning on the words of somebody else. So God said, now it's time for you to retrain your thinking. You're not nobody, but you're the son and daughter of the king. God said, now it's time to retrain your thinking. You're not grasshoppers, but you're mighty warriors. Now it's time to retrain your thinking. You're not broke, busted, and disgusted. You have more than enough. And there's greatness on the inside of you. You are meant to be wealthy in the kingdom of God. Are you hearing me? You're meant to have great health, excellent health, and to be happy and full of joy. And to succeed in life. But if all you've seen around your whole life is just failure, doom, and gloom, after a while, you will, you will also mimic that pattern of failure, doom, and gloom unless you have new information. Praise the Lord. So it's time for us to begin to have new information. Amen? Amen. So don't reject what I'm telling you. It's time to receive it now. And to believe that all those other things said about you were lies. And that this is truth. I am somebody. Say it with me. I am somebody. You didn't say it. Say, I am somebody. I'm a child of the king. Hallelujah. I am successful. Hallelujah. What are we doing? We're leaning now on what Christ said instead of what they said. And what happens to our life? Our lives begin to change. We'll begin to accept new challenges. And listen, Lord, we're going to get to Matthew, maybe. There'll be a lot of opportunities that will come your way. A lot of great opportunities that will come your way. Great, great, great opportunities for great things to come your way. But unless your mind is renewed, you won't take them. Because you'll see yourself as small and why would they call me or why? I mean, I don't have the right education. I, I, I can't read as well as they do. Uh, I don't have as much money as they have. I'm not as pretty or handsome as they are. We can think about reasons why not to take the opportunity. But realize all those reasons are founded in that old thinking. 
Hallelujah. Instead of thinking they called you, they asked you because they see something in you. Because God has appointed this thing to come to pass. Instead of talking yourself out of it, talk yourself into it. I can take this opportunity. I can go back to school. Praise the Lord. I can get this new job. I can actually save some money. Hallelujah. I can get that job. I can do this. And understand when your thinking begins to change, your whole life begins to change. Because as the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And God is simply, as he changes your thinking, he is changing who you are. So if you want to change who you are, then you must change your thinking. How do you think about you? What if you ask someone to describe you, how would they describe you? I know it, sister. How would they describe you, especially those that live with you? How would they describe you? If you don't like what they would say, well, then it's beginning. It's time now to begin to make that change. Can you give me five more minutes? Matthew, oh, I get 10. Woo! Let's go ahead and get Matthew 14. Let me show you this. Matthew 14, I'm going to read just three verses and we're going to close out. This is so rich here. We're just going to put our finger down here and, and drink some of what we would call in the South some pot liquor. You know, when you get the collard greens, you know, and y'all know the juice in the bottom of the collard greens and Mmm, you just turn a little bit of just a little bit of that up. Mmm, they taste so good. It's been stewing with some ham hocks, and I like a little vinegar up in there. Maybe some some hot sauce. Mmm, tastes so good. Anyway, Matthew fourteen verse twenty-eight. It says, "Now this is when, of course, the Lord Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter sees him and says, Lord." Here we are in verse 28. And Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he did what? He walked on the water. Impossible. He shouldn't have been able to do that. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was one, he was afraid and beginning to sing. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, where didst thou doubt? Verse says in verse 30. He said that the scripture says that he began to be afraid. Peter was afraid. But notice Jesus didn't say, why were you afraid? He said, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? And understanding that those two fear between or understanding the relationship between fear and doubt will help you uh, to go a whole lot further in life because doubt will or we can say, yeah, doubt opens the door or rather fear opens the door to doubt fear opens the door to doubt and how do we fear something why are you why is one person afraid of a snake and another person just picked a snake up and say oh little snake mm, and lets the snake wrap around their arms oh kiss him no what's wrong with you 
You make nasty. I don't want that snake. But why is one person afraid and one is not? Why is one person afraid of a spider and one is not? Why is one person afraid of the darkness and one is not? Why? Because of how their minds work. Different thoughts. One has a certain thought process and the other one does not. One sees it as a threat and the other one does not see it as a threat. One person sees that python as a plaything, not threat. Other person say, give me a gun. It's a potential threat. Same snake. Two people may have grown up in the same house, but one sees it differently from the other. Learning how to and, and we can we can actually take control of that through Christ and begin to change the way we think about those things or about our circumstances or situations and actually have a better outcome in life. We're going to tell you more about that next time we meet. We're done today in Jesus name. Give the Lord a hand to praise. Amen. Did you learn anything today? Did you receive anything today? Well, if you enjoy that, give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand of praise. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, I, I, now, I know it's kind of heady, so what I want you to do, get a CD when they're available. Or go online to the website and uh, at kingdomrock.org, your church website. Go online and download the message and hear it again. Because the more you hear it, the more you actually understand it and believe it. God is trying to change the way you think. And eventually your whole life will change. If God were to change your life now and your thinking was not changed, it would go back to the way it was. Right? That's what happens to a lot of lottery winners. They got money, but their thinking didn't change. And so eventually they blew through it and they're still living in the park. Right? Money or things will change you momentarily, but your mind, the way you think, will change your situation permanently. It's how you think. It's how you think. Come on, let's all stand in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We're going to keep our mind in sync or in the framework of Christ. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this word that you, give, that you gave us today, that, that you have given us today. Lord, we do pray uh, for the grace, for your grace. Everybody touch your, touch your head, touch your head. Father, we pray for the grace that we can flush away these old negative thoughts, even those deep thoughts about ourselves, even the things that we believe that other people said about us. Give us the grace to flush away those old things and the grace to receive the new things that you are saying about us. We have no need to be fearful or afraid or intimidated or to be worried. That's the old thinking. Yes, Lord. Lord, help us to receive the new thinking that we have in Christ. Help us to have the mind of Christ and have our minds renewed in Christ. This day, Father, we ask for a change. And as you change our minds, our circumstances will also change. Lord, we give you access into our thought processes. We give you access into the way, into the way that we think. We want change. We don't want things the same way that they used to be. We want change. So, Lord, we invite you in into our hearts, into our minds. Yes. Lord, to renovate and recreate and make us the people that you want us to be. Yes. We bless you today, Father, in Jesus' name. Native Arts, amen. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by 
Wave CD. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned. And I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.